Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Bass Dog and Bachelor's Bullshit Busters. We have taken a couple of weeks off uh, whilst Adam has relocated himself from the sunny Brighton to the sunny Glasgow. So we are back now after uh, a successful move from Adam. And this week we are going to be talking about email marketing and our two favourite big playing platforms. Those two platforms being MailChimp and Clavio. So, Adam, do you want to give us a very quick overview of what each platform's strongest points are? Yeah, so I've, I've used MailChimp for kind of many years, mostly for non-e-commerce stores. So I use it personally for my kind of my mailing list. I've used it for a lot of B2B, B2C kind of companies as well. Um, and, and I have used it in some e-commerce circumstances, but the e-commerce side is where I've always found it a little bit lacking or where I've always pushed up against some, I don't know, not difficulties, but just features that weren't there that would have been nice to be able to do. And so as a result, a couple of years ago, I started kind of looking into alternatives and, uh, and found Clavio and then have been using that for a couple of clients since. And over the past, I'd say three years, they have really put a lot of work in and a lot of money in essentially to making it really feature rich and, and kind of built for e-commerce first. I think they actually started as a Shopify app back in 2012 or so. So they've really built up from e-commerce natively and have now kind of become into this, this full featured e-commerce or CRM or whatever it's called, not e- CRM. Uh, there's a word for it anyway. The main deliverability platform probably. Yeah, there's some kind of big tech word for it, but Essentially, the difference between the two I find is that MailChimp is very good for sending to, to kind of lists and to, to a fairly static group of people very easily, and you can quite easily build out automations or build out very simple kind of tools with it. It's quite easy to use. It's quite friendly. You don't have to fight with it too much, and it all makes sense when you're using it um, and kind of building those emails. Where Clavio becomes a lot more useful is when you start doing, I say, e-commerce, because you can do far more complex features. So you can start segmenting people based on their shopping behavior or their browsing behavior. So something that we've done, or I've done with certain clients, is putting people into kind of buckets so that if they're browsing the site and they browse five types of one product or five types of a different product, and this isn't them purchasing it, this is just them on the site browsing, we can then say, right, okay, so once someone has looked at this product set five times or they've looked at this product set five times, so that might be someone looking at, bedroom furniture so if they've looked at beds duvets pillows and then two other types or if they looked at sofas tv tv stands living room lamps or something we could then put those into different buckets and then we can create kind of custom emails or custom automated custom automations of emails to those different product um, interest groups separately that is something you can't do with mailchimp and you can't do yeah. it very easily so the only way that I think you can do it, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but is that when someone signs up to the mailing list, they can declare an interest in yeah. living room or bedroom. And if they but make a Clavier, purchase, you can add a tag based on the category of products they check out with. With you, yeah. But you can't do on-site, on-site viewing or anything like that. And I think that's the biggest thing for me that is the difference is that something like Clavio, and there's probably other e-commerce platform, e-commerce email platforms out there that are similar to this, where you can start inferring um, interest or inferring mm. that kind of uh, customization that you can then start doing. Um, yeah, I think that's definitely the biggest difference between the platforms because MailChimp does have WooCommerce and Shopify integration. 
Um, but I'll be honest, the, really the, the extent of that is so you can feature products in your email. So, for yeah. example, you can say if someone has added something to the basket but not purchased it, for example, you can feature that product in an email to them and you can do abandoned cart emails automatically through MailChimp. So it, it, it does have e-commerce functionality, but having now used Klaviyo um, and seen what that can do, it's just the next level above what MailChimp is doing. Um, and as you say, I think that is from that e-commerce background they started, they're just, they're doing it. The pricing is really comparable as well. So I, was, I think if you're paying for MailChimp, which most people have to now, because they, they caught everybody out with a sneaky trick. Um, so what MailChimp did is they, they said to everybody, we'll give you 10% off if you enable two-factor authentication. So what people did is they jumped at that because everyone loves 10% off and they secured their account. And then what happened is they found that nobody else could log in because, of course, it's secured to your phone. So <laughs> then what you have to do is add another team member. But guess what? To do that, you've got to pay. And now to add more team members, you have to be on a paid subscription. So they gave everybody 10% off and everyone's like, well, that's a great deal. And then added in the £30 team function. So a lot of people now are finding that actually MailChimp starts at around £50 a month to even get going with MailChimp. Yeah. Um, if, however, you're just a solo entrepreneur, then you don't need that add-on. And actually, you can get by on about a tenner a month um, yeah. for most audience sizes. But realistically, for a decent-sized business, you're going to be looking at about 30 quid a month for on MailChimp. And it's Clavio starts at £30 a month. Well, it's free for 250 They They, they both are, so... I think an important but, thing just to kind of distinguish here as well is that um, the way Clavio and Mailchimp charge is probably slightly different because I think hmm. with Mailchimp is it based on the amount of active users you have, so the, kind of the people in your list. Whereas Clavio, yes. it's the amount of active profiles. That's so right. Yeah, they just define that, them slightly differently, don't they? Yeah, which I think it, it sounds a bit dodgy to start off with, but you kind of really understand it. Once you understand how much more information Clavio gives you, it makes a lot of sense because if you've got an active list of, you might only have 300 people subscribed, but you might have like 2,000 people who are in the list from other sources that are active and that you can kind of track and see what they're doing, um, such as what products they're browsing on the site, whether they're kind of abandoning carts and stuff like that. And that mm. they charge based on that total user amount of, of 2,000 rather than 300. I think it's still very cheap. It's still very kind of reasonable. Yeah, but I think it you is. You will see slightly inflated figures for that. Yeah, I think, I think MailChimp um, have realised that they can't run a business on free. And yeah. for many businesses, they've stuck a sign-up to our newsletter at the bottom of the page for years and years. They've gradually collected a few hundred people who've put in their email and been bored to tears by emails about bake sales and oh, we've got yeah. a new van and total nonsense newsletters that no one cares about and i think that's why when we always talk to our clients about email they say like oh, i don't really want to collect email addresses i've got nothing interesting to say to anybody i don't know what i'm going to email everybody and i always think well don't base it on the worst emails you're getting mm -hmm. base it on the best emails you're getting because actually if your business was sending out the best like emails like the best emails you're getting then people would be opening it you know, don't send an email that you wouldn't want to receive yourself. And I think that's the same with e-commerce, isn't it? There's there's a sliding scale of how, of how far you can go with e-commerce and email. Mm. And actually, if you start off by going, I'm just going to bombard the hell out of people with, you know, thousands of emails, then you're going to get blocked really quick. You know, people are going to spam you. So you can overdo it with e-commerce. But actually, if you 
base it on the best email exchange you've had with a shop that resulted in a process, you can actually start to really refine what's happening. And I think the same is true with lead gen. You know, you can start to say, well, actually, I'm going to send people five really useful emails with some great tips in that I think they're going to really enjoy. And the right customer will open them and engage with them. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess really in terms of the platforms, it's like the platforms enable you to run the best bit of your business with a load of automation. And if you're willing to use that, if you're willing to put the time in to make it work, it can really work for you. But if you're going to just send someone a product announcement every six months, or you're going to send someone an email about you've got a shiny new van once every two years, then obviously both platforms are a waste of time and money. I think when I've worked at previous companies as well, back in my employment days, there was a big thing where they just sent as many emails as possible to the largest group of people. And it just meant that people were getting emails they didn't care about. Mm. Um, hence that kind of example earlier of being able to tailor it based on whether they're looking at like living room furniture or bedroom furniture is, I don't think people mind getting more emails as long as they know that it's going to be, as you say, informative and useful to them. And why would someone who's shopping for living room furniture care about the latest taps that you've, that you've just released on your site? Yeah. It's, it's, it's just going to cause unsubscribe. So. I think another key thing is that automation side. I think it's really valuable there. And you can do this in MailChimp or in Clavio, and they're both kind of... The automation with Clavio is far better from an e-commerce point of view, but if you're not e-commerce, then MailChimp's really good for this because it's still it's very simple and easy to set up. But is the idea that rather than trying to send a newsletter once a month or trying to send a newsletter every you know, week or something and really putting strain on yourself there, is, is spending that time instead and spending far less time creating a far better automation that is like an onboarding series. So that might be that someone signs up to the mailing list and then they get over a week, over a month, over two months, however long it might be, a series of emails, whether that's like an introduction to your brand is like a, hello, these are our qualities, here are our values, here's here's a discount code, etc. Or whether it's informative, such as like kind of product guides if you're selling something more technical like a TV or something, you might be kind of doing a lot more nurturing and education on that Mm. on that product. Or it might just simply be kind of fixed news stories or fixed examples. So for myself, for example, what I plan to do is do more like case study based mm. welcome emails. So it's like one is a tip, then it's like a case study, then another tip, uh, SEO tip, then a case study, or kind of a blend of those two, where I know that I can just have people, people signing up to the email and they are constantly getting those emails. So I might be sending, not not for me personally, but you might end up sending 200 emails a week without even realizing it or having to, to mm. kind of sit down mm. and, and do that dreaded campaign because it's just handled in the background. You know, it's really good quality. It's been written by a copywriter. It's been well thought out and designed. You yeah. know that, that they're good, but you've only designed five emails rather than having to do five a month, for example. Yes, exactly. So I think, I think yeah. this is probably a bit of a diversion now, but kind of automations are so valuable, I think, for mm. answering that email question of rather, when we're saying just send the best emails you've ever received. That doesn't mean you have to do it every week. You can just do it once and then it will that will set you up for the year and that's better than not doing it at all. Yes. And I think with something like Clavio, where you're looking at e-commerce, it's like, well, you can have, say, five emails that are about your business in general and then interspersed with them, you can put in product, the emails that are dynamically generated around what the user was looking at. So you can keep that Precisely. interest level, you can keep the relevance level really high. On 
what you can do on uh, MailChimp, for example, is what they call a workflow. So it's called mm. a, a continuous campaign is what they call it. And then you build a workflow and you can put rules in there. So, for example, if you're running a membership site, you could maybe have six nurturing emails and the filter is send to these people unless they become a member. Yeah. So, so you don't send emails to people who who have made the purchase or so for example on Clavio, as soon as you make the purchase it stops sending you emails about making a purchase but exactly, i think people yeah. sometimes get nervous about that because they're like oh but what if i write an email and then it's not the right time to send it it's like well if, if your email is right and it's useful then it'll always be the right time to send it and i think some of the brands we work with they have the best success when they don't use the word newsletter or mailing list because both yeah. of those imply awful email I, I don't belong to any newsletters or mailing lists that I open. They, they no. just end up in my spam because I don't care about anything they've got to say. The ones I follow are, here's a weekly tip, here's a weekly clue, here's a, here's a, um, here's a five-step process on how to do this, and I get those five emails and then it stops. Those are how you build a list of engaged customers. But again updates about bake sales and vans no one cares and you as you're you're right what small business owner has time in their week to write news yeah i mean we've tried it on and Who off cares? for a, over 10 years and every time we've got zero customers from it yeah if anything well, people have... are like oh i've had four emails from you in the last month we're like oh yeah shit sorry about that you know it's <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> oh, you, the bucket's gone wrong somewhere you're in the wrong way. yeah I've been surprised when I've done it for kind of previous clients how successfully because for non-revenue intent intended emails how much revenue has been attributed mm. to those kind of onboarding email series and and that the the unsubscribe rate and the open rate has been far lower and higher um, than expected so mm. even after five emails there's been like a less than one percent unsubscribe rate which I think is fine. You know, people yeah. are always going to fall out of that list. Yeah. And the open rate has continued through to like 50% in some cases yeah. throughout the entire series, which is like, if you're sending out a normal campaign, 50% is an insanely high success rate. Yeah. And the fact that you're doing that five times in a week yeah, is, right. is mind-blowing. But it's that, it's that idea of just deliver value and, and, and understand your customer and what they care about or what they're concerned about, and then informing them at the right point of that. And if they don't like it, that's fine. They, they can unsubscribe. Um, and you yeah. don't want those people, so let them, no. let, let them unsubscribe because otherwise they're costing you money. So yeah, exactly. Well, exactly, and they really are costing you money. That is the thing because if you're paying to have people on your list, yeah, then every member has a cost. So actually, you want to get rid of people who don't like what you've got to say as fast as possible and free that space up for a potential customer. Absolutely. Um, and I think ultimately, if you think of a workflow like um, like a funnel. Or no, no, like a like like a sink. Essentially, you fill it up with water, and then you want to take people out of that and make them customers as quick as possible. And anybody who makes it to the end of your onboarding series, just let them go down the drain, let them go because they're they're not right for you. So if you send five emails, and at the end of the fifth email they're still not a customer, they're still not a member, then it's it's debatable whether you either want to keep them in your audience. It's probably yeah. at that point that you want to unsubscribe them and say, yeah. you're not for us. Or put them on a list of revisits six months later or something. But ultimately, you need to, especially if you're dealing with very large audiences, like working out where people drop off and the messages and things can be really useful. 
Well, I think that's where both platforms as well do have that kind of insight where it will, mm. I don't know if they do it automatically, um, but it might have like a, a suggested kind of a least engaged list where people who have received a lot of emails but have opened basically none of them and they can go, well, actually, let's do like a re-engagement campaign to them saying either yeah. subscribe and update your preferences or unsubscribe. And I think businesses are very precious about email addresses and it kind of should be to a certain extent, but only if they're valuable. And as you yeah. say, if, if you have to get rid of people, that's fine. There's no point trapping someone in a room with you that isn't going to talk back to you. Like you would yeah. do that in a, yeah. in a normal situation. So with email, yeah. don't do the same either because it's not like they're going to actually convert. And that is why you want email addresses in the first place is so that they buy your stuff. Yeah. Um, and if they're not going to buy it, then... And also I think taking that a step further, the worst case scenario is you keep bombarding people, you make unsubscribing really difficult, and then they hit that dreaded reporter spam button. Yeah. Because it only takes, like, it's only a few percent of your MailChimp list needs to be reported as spam, and they downgrade your account really quick, you mm. know, and they start to delay the sending, and there's all sorts of penalties that come in from not letting people unsubscribe. So MailChimp is really good at making people unsubscribe, as is Clavio. It's super simple. It's one click and you're done, so people can opt out super fast. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, especially B2B and B2C, the slightly different audiences and you need a different tone and different things like this. And both of those platforms make that communication easier. Uh, you can link both of them into stuff like Facebook ads. You can link both of them into your uh, Google Analytics. So you can start to see who clicks on the email, who makes it through. There's loads of stuff you can do. And I'll be I'm honest, serious. we could probably speak for about a week <laughs> on, on just... What you can do with email and tracking and Google Analytics and customer profiling and things like that. It's um, really powerful. And I think especially where like yeah. CRMs come in place. I'm not sure. I think MailChimp and Clavio also link into like Zoho and Salesforce and all that. So especially yes. if you're on B2B yeah. or you're selling slightly more high-end kind of e-commerce products where there's a, a manual sales side to it. Yeah. That's valuable as well because you can see actually in our CRM, we know that this lead has opened 45 of our emails in the past two yeah. weeks. And those emails are these ones where they're, they're concerned about delivery and they're concerned about, um, I don't know, kind of cost or they're looking for a voucher. You know, mm -hmm. you can start seeing the patterns in there and you can start understanding how people are talking or the, yeah. their browsing think, habits. Yeah, I think also you've got, um, you've got the possibility with both platforms to connect with something like Zapier, which you yeah, know, of course. puts you out into a whole world of integrations. But um, we'll do a whole other episode on Zapier one day. But um, for now, yeah, I think, <laughs> yeah, that should be, uh, I think, everything you need to know about MailChimp and Clavio. If you do have any other questions, um, our email contact is on the About page on our YouTube channel. But you can reach me at win at marketing success dot club. And where can people uh, get hold of you, Adam? Yeah, so it's a fairly simple one. It's just adam at abastock.co.uk. Brilliant. And they're on our YouTube channel again if you need to find yeah. us. But, yeah, uh, we look forward to receiving some questions and we will speak to you again on the next episode. Yes. See ya. Bye. Bye.